Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and uh, thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Diversity and Fellowship. Uh, I am William Marshall. I am here with my fellow pastor, Kenny King. Hey, everybody. Uh, we are glad that you are with us today. We're um, continuing through the month of March, uh, honoring our women and talking about it, because March is Women's History Month, and so we want to uh, talk about issues related uh, to women and uh, women in diversity, different different things like that. And so today we're kind of doing a catch-all. We're going to talk about a couple of different issues. We've 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 noted just how we've seen the devaluing of women in the local church. Yes, and we we want to deal with uh, a couple of issues that when we were kind of talking about that we were talking about um, women in ministry that we didn't really get around to to talking about, and so we want to do that today. So specifically, we want to look at the issue of sexual abuse in the local church, uh, and and really talk about kind of just this lack of empathy, lack of support uh, for women in the local church, and so. Again, we kind of hit on that a little bit when we were talking about women in ministry, but uh, we want to we want to come back around and, and talk about that a little bit more. Uh, but we want to begin with a pretty serious uh, topic that has been very prevalent, uh, I think, over the last few weeks, uh, last few I say few weeks, last few years. Yes. Uh, and so uh, we want to we want to talk about that. Why why Kenny? Do you think it's important um, that we talk about the issue of sexual abuse in the local church? Well, because uh, I believe as Christians, as as brothers in Christ who are sisters in Christ, it shows them that we we not only value them, but we have a desire for them to be protected and not preyed upon in the body of Christ. And mm-hmm. so what, when we see um, the church deal so poorly with the issue of sex, sexual abuse, we are communicating something to our women. Mm-hmm. We're communicating yes. to them that um, we don't necessarily care about them the way that we should, mm. and so many women they don't they don't feel comfortable um, being a part of churches where they're not dealing with these issues um, properly. Right, and we 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 just see a, a a steady flow of this issue constantly coming up and. The sad thing is, it gets to the point where we're not shocked at all, right? You know, when, when another scandal pops up. Recently, we had um, the issue with RZIM, Robbie mm-hmm. Zacharias's ministry, um, where it was shown that he was basically just a, a predator, yeah, um, towards um, countless women. And had um, just a lack of accountability within that organization. Uh, we have um, situations within our own denomination. That's uh, right. The Southern Baptist Convention. Um, a bunch of articles that came out with from the Houston Chronicle that kind of um, shine a light on on some of the. I mean, just years and years of abuse happening and nothing, no real, no consequences, no, no real, you know, just the individual is allowed to just move on to different Mm -hmm. churches Mm -hmm. and, and, and no accountability whatsoever. And so 
when these things happen, um, we tend to just um, circle, you know, circle the wagons. We, we're yeah, going right. to, we're going to, you know, try to defend our institutions, and we're going to try to mm. um, say say we did some sort of investigation, but it wasn't um, done properly. Right. Right. And so mm. the the women end up feeling like not, not only have they been abused by this individual. Right. Uh, we compound that abuse by by failing to um, hold the person accountable. Right. By failing to protect them from from further abuse, and so right. they it's just abuse on top of abuse. Which again, I mean, you'd have to say that because the hard question is is how does such a why is the church doing such a poor job? You know, yeah. I mean, if you why is there such a prevalence of this in the local church? And I think it's because of what you just said, right? I mean, even when everybody at the table agrees abuse happened, right? That doesn't mean that everybody at the table is ready to actually deal with it. Yeah, everybody's ready to respond correctly and handle it and 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 face whatever fallout happens, whatever consequences, you know. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's it's like you said we circle in the wagons. We're going to protect the institution. We're you know, and I I think if you ask you know if you ask the question, well, why does these things continue to happen? I think that's got to be part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's like people. There's not that big of a. It's not people don't even make that big a deal out of it. Yes, and that's terrible. I mean, I, I was reading something recently where it was saying that people who are you know abuse women, they actually. Um, seek the church as a a place to do it because they can take advantage of our view, our faulty view of forgiveness. Mm, yeah, like we're like we are we're going to be a people who like we're going to sweep this under a rug and you just need to forgive this person, right? Like, and that, that's a faulty view of forgiveness. Right. Like, yeah, yes, you can be forgiven of that sin, but you. That doesn't mean you know you're not held accountable for that right. sin. It doesn't mean you don't go to prison. Doesn't That's mean right. any of those things. You have right? consequences, right? I mean you don't lose your job. Uh, you're not you know registered as a sex offender. It doesn't mean any of those things that you're going to escape earthly earthly consequences of your sin. Mm. And because we we have that faulty view of what forgiveness is, um, sexual predators are allowed to um, seek out the church as a place. Mm. To actually abuse women, yeah, I mean, it, without consequence. This is going to sound awful, and and I want to be careful here, but because I'm just kind of following this thought line of thought. But I mean, it's almost as if a sexual predator predator is saying, "Where is the, where can I find a place to seek out victims? Yes, that is the safest, right? I mean, are we saying that that could possibly be the local church? That's what they. That's what they believe. Right. Is that Good partially grief. because of our view of forgiveness and right. and um our poor history of poor handling history these of issues. Hand- I mean yeah. right I mean because of our our very poor history of handling this that we're the safest place mm. for Mm-mm. sex offenders to to do what they want to do okay so we have to ask how do, how do we we got to do something right we have to improve yeah. how, how do we how do we move forward? How do we handle these issues going forward? Or how I should mean, we? And here's the thing: like a lot of these sound obvious, yeah, I know. But we actually have to, you know, just really take these things seriously. And that and that begins by listening to the accuser, right? Um, listening and and believing what the accuser is actually 
telling us. Yes. Like that, not not listening in in a way to where we're trying to find a way to discredit. Yeah. Uh, what the person is saying, but listening in a way to where we we sympathize, we're able to empathize with the person, right? Mm-hmm. And we're able to um, um, believe what they're saying and and take it at face value and not trying to um, victim shame. Which yeah, yeah. I'm going to punch those two together is like yeah. um, not asking questions like what were you wearing? Why were you? Why did you find yourself in that situation? Did right. you know that this person was such and such? And mm. like, no, those are not the times to do that. We should listen in a way that's supportive and and that's believing the person. Um, we have to understand how hard it is for someone who has been sexually abused to actually come forward. Right. Right. It's not a um, when you listen to women as they talk about it, um, a lot of them wait a long time before they actually come because they are traumatized. That's right. I mean, they they are the last thing they want is for this to become public. Right. And they're having to deal with that and all the questions and all the. Right. I mean, they want it to go away. Right. And it's almost like bringing the accusations up just continues to. Yeah. Um, and then when when they do come and our response is one to where we don't believe you or mm-hmm. it's interrogating you about, you know, issues within it that that really don't have anything to do with the, the actual abuse. Right. right? Yeah. Um, it just proves them right. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I shouldn't have brought this forward. And yeah. so we, we have to do better about listening and and, and not victim shaming. Yeah. I said that wrong. I mean, I don't think victims necessarily want it to go away, but they. They want there to be resolution without it becoming this public, yeah. you know, scandal, right? And, and and more more people knowing. That's probably a better way to, hopefully, a better way uh, to say that. You know, one of the things, brother, that you've shared that that has been helpful to me in in our elders meetings. You know, you've talked about, hey, look, if somebody, you know, one of the things we want to be about here at Grace Bible Fellowship is that if 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 somebody makes an accusation. Right. And you've said you've used yourself. Like yeah. if somebody made an accusation about me and, and came to you elders, you said, I want you to listen to them. Yeah. I want you to believe that what they are saying is true. Even right. though you love me, even though you want to support me, even though you right, you believe what they are saying and handle it from that. Right. That's the first step. That's now we it. may that doesn't mean that's the only step or whatever, but that's that's the first step. You believe them. Uh, I will deal with the legal size of those things, yeah. and and if I haven't done anything, I, I trust that I'll be restored. That right. God will take care of me. But right, <laughs> you believe that person, right? Right. But the truth is, let's don't let's don't try to create some kind. Of, I mean, it, you know, again, we're talking about within the elders, but let let's don't try to create some way to protect one another right and, and oh we're gonna look out for you we're gonna Mm-mm. it's like whoa 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 no you <laughs> like, turn me in right i mean we're we're if we do that we're we're actually encouraging one another yeah in this along those lines right and i i, I think that's uh that's been that's been super helpful to me when i when i think about this issue i'm like that's a that's a right approach it's a hard approach yeah. right because you're right i mean you're, you're just you're basically saying look let's Let's go to the authorities. Let's go to you know. Let's do this and let's play it out. And I'll just trust that, um, you know, the the truth will come out. Right. You know, which leads to another another you know another one. I'm kind of, um, I mean, obviously we believe you have to go to the authorities. Yeah. I mean, you can't. You know, local churches trying to deal with this on themselves uh, is is going to be problematic. I mean, one of the things that I, I I think is difficult is that there is this thought. 
we've got to protect the reputation of the church. Yes. You know, and so we're just going to try to deal with this in-house. Right. And that is a wrong, I mean, you are going down a wrong path. Yes. At that point. Um, you know, you're, you're dealing with issues that the local church is, is just not, not equipped to deal with. I mean, they're, you're, you're not equipped to do that without, no. without outside help, right? Uh, without legal help, without the authorities, right? Without the cops, without others coming in, you have got to welcome, I mean, you've got to get them in, turn it over to them so that you can handle it properly. They've been trained on how to handle, how to handle these things. And, uh, and so I, I think, and again, those two kind of go together. I mean, we we have to we have to trust that Jesus is going to handle the reputation of the church. Amen. Right? He he's going to handle what the fallout and what happens. Right. But this idea that well, we don't, you know, we don't want the community to find out or we don't want this to be in the news or we don't I mean, I get that, right? And I get mm-hmm. that we want to the church to be but it's that has blown up in our face, right? It's like yeah. well, we're gonna we're gonna try to protect it, and then and then five years later, it's gonna come out, and it's gonna be worse. It's gonna be worse. <laughs> yeah, and you're just you're essentially just making the situation mm-hmm. worse. You know, when you're we're disciplining our kids. You know, we're telling them, look, if you did something wrong, just tell the truth, because if you lie, it's gonna be worse. Yes. If you try to hide it, try it's to gonna be worse. It up, it's right? over. We're still trying to convince them of that, just yeah. for the record. <laughs> yeah. Because right. Uh, anyway, parenting is hard. They just think um, they need to get better at it. Right. right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which we're hoping that doesn't happen. But right. but I think I mean I think for the local church, you know, we we have to we have to come to grips with the reality that that sin is going to happen, and when it does, our our job is not to try to hide that. Yeah. Our job is to is to handle it right. Um, right. To, to and if that means and that will mean right in those situations. Involving others, involving the authorities, um, like you, you have to go the you have to go that route. Yes. Um, so, and let's just be honest: is that going to be terrible and awful for the Lord? Yes. Yes. Like I mean, those are awful situations. I mean, those are difficult situations. But we want to communicate to victims. We want to communicate to our to people that we love them, that we're listening, right. that we're caring. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that I think that is so important that um, we just really want to stress that uh, you we want to be faithful at it here at Grace Bible Fellowship. I mean that's one of the things we're we're committed to trying to do, and uh, I think there are other other churches. We're going to talk about a resource later that I think can help as far as you know how to how to help in those issues. And so I think that's important. Other other anything else you would add there, brother, on just how we how we should try to a- handle sexual abuse in the local church. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what you what you just said is one thing we just want to reiterate is that we we want women to to feel safe and protected in the church. We want them to feel like we care about them and that they are, are valued. And, and I believe that's a lot of our goals. Right. And if and this is one aspect of that, that they, they want to believe they, they want to know that if they were abused sexually or, or someone had mistreated them that if they came to the leadership that we were going to handle that properly. Right. And if they don't feel that, then they're not going to feel a part of, of the local church. And, and mm-hmm. we need, once again, we need women <laughs> in the church. Like diversity and fellowship includes the voices and the opinions and the beliefs of our women. Amen. We are losing something if women do not feel like an integral part of the local church. And so we, we have to make sure that they are safe and protected. 
Amen. Good word. Yeah. So that kind of leads into our, the second kind of more particular issue is kind of this, and again, we talked about this a little bit with uh, our discussion on women in ministry, but but we have this kind of lack of empathy and support. Women have this lack of empathy and support in the church often. Yes. What are some things that we have seen that um, represent that? So uh, recently, uh, which has been what's national news, which is re- rarely something that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in in our denomination, the SBC, we, Beth Moore left yes. um, our denomination and and stopped using our publishing arm, mm-hmm. Lifeway, um, to publish her her Sunday school material or her, her women Bible study right. material Bible study that material. she um, um, publishes. That's been very popular and made a lot of money for um, Lifeway and. And so she decided that she was going to leave the SBC because she she felt like that there wasn't support um, for for her and for women within the church, and that there were still some things um, that <laughs> that she thought was in the past that are still um, in the present. So right. uh, you you think about like when when she she took a lot of heat. And a lot of women did. A lot of men did when, when, before the 2016 election, when um, President Trump said, uh, well, when the videotape, the the voice tape came out where he was saying some really, really vile things about women. Right. And she came out and said she just can't support him. And so when when she said that, she got a lot of blowback. She talks about how she lost a whole bunch of money based upon her non-support of Trump. Like she right. didn't say I support Hillary. She just said I don't support Trump. Right. And and you know, things like that uh are are just her views about, you know, whether or not women should preach or teach mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we we would say that we, we we've talked about women in ministry how right. we are complementarian. Um but there's a way to say that, That's right. right? I mean, there's a way to yeah, disagree. I mean, even if which we would say we disagree with her on that. Yeah. You know, and um and yet there is a yeah, there's a way to do that. Right. That is still empathetic. I mean, is still sympathetic, is still loving, is still caring. Right. Um <laughs> I guess the question <laughs> I have for you, brother, is can we do that? I mean, like it just seems like we can't. We we can do that. Yes. I believe like, that. Are we doing it? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's a different question. Like, right. Uh, like for me, I I know social media is uh, doesn't have any sort of soul, right? <laughs> right? It, it is an inanimate object. Right. It, it it's yes. not good or evil. It's yes, it's yes. neutral. Mm. But there's a part of me that's starting to you know question that. Like Man, if, if there's you, a mean, demon yeah. in Twitter that jumps on people as they yes, log on or yes. something, the Twitter demon, right? We should write a novel about it. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think you're right. I mean, I think there is. At times, I feel like, particularly social media, Twitter, Facebook—that's uh, the only two that I'm—I um, know. But um, like, I, I feel like those are the places where we can go and be our worst selves. Yeah, you know, we're hiding behind the computer; nobody really knows us, you know, that kind of thing. But I mean, even guys who are not hiding behind the computer are—I feel like they're being kind of the worst version of themselves. Yeah, you know, in that space. Um, and it's like, man, I—I I don't think that's. You know, again, I mean, this is a whole nother discussion, but just figuring out, like, what is the best way to use those 
Um, I think they can be resources. I think we can use them for good. Yeah. But how, you know, what are the best ways to do that so that we can avoid things like heated disagree? You know, we're going to start calling people heretics yeah. over secondary issues. You yes. know, um, we're going to start throwing people out of it. We're going to rejoice when people are suffering or rejoice. Right. And, and I, I mean, and that was, that's really the response we've seen even with the Beth Moore announcement. Right. You know, there are some who are, um, you know, um, obviously you say, man, we hate this and we wish that she would stay. And I mean, those types of things. And there are others who are like, this is great. This is yeah. wonderful. We, this is, we should rejoice at this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, we, we really are, um, yeah. Unable to disagree. It seems like at least in those spaces, unable to disagree with grace. Yeah. You know? we, we're horrible about leading with grace Mm. like instead of reading the reasons why she left and weeping yeah right or or saying i'm going to take whatever she said at at face value right right? and i'm not going to try to read into (laughs) you know what's really going on and all that stuff which is hard to do i mean we we want to know the behind the scenes stuff instead of taking people uh at face value uh but i mean we have to do better about you know, it, it's a sad day when when our women don't feel comfortable within the church. Right. Like she is not, <laughs> she is not just alone in that feeling. Right. Right. There's a lot of women who 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 have that same that same feeling, and so yeah. we we have to really examine ourselves to see. Okay, are the things that she's saying true? And if they are true, we need to do better about those things and instead right. of saying, um, well, she's, she's just woke or Marxist or whatever right. and, and dismissing it. We need to mm-hmm. say, man, that's, you know, th- that's hard to hear. Right. But let's, let's see if we can, uh, mend some fences that, you yeah. know, we've, we've actually torn down or, it's good. or, or have, have done a poor job of handling a lot of different issues uh, what what else would you say are some of the reasons why women don't have a seem like they don't feel a, a supported within the church? Well, I mean, there's just I mean, some of it just goes back to I mean, we talked a little bit about kind of uh, victim shaming or just just the just kind of the maybe what we would call the fallout of the kind of the purity culture where there was just this kind of. I mean, it's almost like you're teaching young men that women are the enemy or women, yeah. women are, you know, um, you know, you're going to, they're, they're objects that you lust after. And so, I mean, obviously the church would, <laughs> would not teach that, right. but, there, but there is this kind of, you know, this, this thing that, that happens. I mean, we, we saw this recently with the shooter in Atlanta, right? Right. And, uh, now granted, I mean the things that he was that he was saying that he was believing. I, I don't believe a local church necessarily taught him that, and and obviously he was yeah um, I, very confused about mm-hmm. um, the truth. And so I, I I think, but I but I but I hear I hear those statements of, you know I was uh, I saw them as uh, what was the term that he used? I mean they were they were I'm eliminating the temptation the temptation yeah you know I mean that is wow. Right. I mean, that he would would go there. And so we have to again, um, I think we have to be careful in saying, well, you know, we'll just stop teaching about teaching sexual ethics and we'll stop. That's not right. That's you know, that's not what we're saying. But we do have to be careful that we don't turn women into just objects in a different way. Right. 
I mean, you know what I'm saying? They're yeah. objects of temptation. They're, I mean, I'm going to eliminate yeah. those objects, eliminate my temptation. And so I, I think, again, we just have to, we have to step back. We have to take a good hard look at kind of what, um, what we are teaching, how we are teaching it. Yeah. Um, and, and even though we can say, particularly in that case, we can say, okay, <laughs> that was, that was not our desire. Obviously, that was not the desired results of, of how. Right. But we do have to reckon with the fact that sometimes we, we have to say, was there, was there a flaw in our teaching? Was there something that we needed to emphasize better? Yeah. Was there a way we could have done this better to avoid? And, and I know there's still information coming out about that particular situation. And so I want to be careful there, but, but I, but I do think we, we have to, um, again, part of it goes back to maybe, maybe it's this way, just say it this way. We need to be more humble as the church. Yeah. Just recognize that, you know, maybe we thought that this was the right way to say it or right way to do it. And, and maybe we need to realize, no, we, we, you know, we made some mistakes there. And so I, I think that's so important. Um, so, so again, that kind of leads us to this question: how, how should we handle these things? Yeah, I think we what what we need to do, and, and you kind of hit on it a little bit, is we we don't just want to teach people what they shouldn't do, right? But we should also show them through the Word of God what what why does God say this? Right. Like God doesn't say this because he's some sort of killjoy. That's right. He's withholding from you. Right. And then that, that, I mean, that's the first sin, right? That's exactly what Satan like, done. Yeah. God has given them all this great stuff that they mm-hmm. can eat from, but he's right. one tree you can't eat yeah. from. Right. And so they believe God is keeping something. Mm-hmm. That's the temptation. Satan right? says, yeah, but like, why would he, why would right. he, he, you know, he's, he's, hold, he's withholding. Yeah. Right. Saying he's still doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, same, just recycling that same temptation. And we have to avoid that temptation hmm. and just show people, like, the goodness of God's plan yeah. in, you know, sex within marriage, right? Right. There, right? There is a beauty in it. And the Bible, it, it reveals that beauty, right. right? Yeah. And we have a whole book. A whole book. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Songs, songs and everybody songs, avoids songs, preaching. Songs. But right. Everybody now, nobody avoids, wants to. Nobody preaching right. that book. We just book. skip that book. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We'll preach that right I after mean, we Proverbs get through Leviticus. I mean, Proverbs is in certain places. But we, we'll I mean, Leviticus, and then we'll do right. Song of Solomon. Right. We, we've taken out, like, sections of Proverbs that we, <laughs> we right. don't even want to read, no, right? yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the Bible, it shows the beauty of... Of sex within marriage, and and we can uphold that without, um, you know, we can we, we can uphold that without just teaching, you know, this is what you don't do. Right. I think this is probably where we we have a just a bad view of what sin is too. Mm. Like we think sin is just doing stuff wrong. Like sin is failing to do things right. That's good. Also, like yeah, if I right. fail to love my wife as Christ loved the church, I have sinned. That's right. Uh, how else we, should we handle these issues? Well, I, you know, I think we, um, you know, again, we've, we've touched on being discerning, you know, just, you know, yeah. we need to have a biblical sexual ethic. We do need to teach that. Uh, but we need to do that without demonizing those who are struggling, right. you know, uh, which would lead to, I mean, really just the idea of kind of teaching with patience and love. I mean, right. people are struggling with sexual issues. Yes. I mean, <laughs> If the culture is teaching us anything, I mean that that's kind of in our face right now. Right, and we can respond with all these awful, ugly, terrible, or we can say, you know what, we're sinners who are struggling with sin. Uh, we're addicted to our sin. We're enslaved to our sin, to use Paul's language, and 
the only hope, the only cure is the gospel. Amen. Right? We need to preach the gospel, teach the gospel with love and care and concern and patience. And um, I mean, the last thing we need to do is is you know pick up stones to start throwing at people as if we've never sinned, or right? As if we don't struggle with sexual temptation or sexual sin, and so. I think it's very important for us to to develop that. Again, um, obviously you can take that too far, and it's like sexual sin becomes okay in the local church, and that's not no, what we're saying. No. Um, but, but yeah, you can swing that p- pendulum way too far on the other end where it's just like um, people people be, become, we, well, we demonize. We demonize these sexual sins as yeah. if they're the worst and nothing else is bad and whatever. And so, which, uh, you know, I I think, you know, kind of leads to that last, our, our, our last thing was just, we don't have to be jerks no. about it. You know, we don't have to be mean about it. Uh, people are struggling and um, we have the hope, we have new life in Christ. And so we want to show that. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say when, when it comes to women, um, men, <laughs> come on now, we got to do better. Like uh, we can't be focusing on just their appearance. Like we 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 cannot just look at them as objects. Mm-hmm. We we do have to do a better job of supporting them. They cannot just be our enemies or temptations. We have to think about them better. I mean, even with like um, women, women have been talking about the Billy Graham rule, which is a a good mm-hmm. rule for Bill, Billy Graham not to fall into you know right. um, you know some sort of sexual sin. Mm-hmm. But we have to be careful to understand, like, how does this affect women's ability to do their job? Right. right? If it's a lead pastor and then the, the woman is a secretary, well, if, if I can't be along with her, right, mm. we, we, I'm going to have to figure out a way that she can be able to do her job. Right. Right. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> with me being the other employee, uh, maybe maybe I need to adjust my schedule and, right. and, and maybe allow her to um, work in a way. Or, or even mentoring women. Like, how are we going to mentor women uh, while also keeping some of those those barriers that would lead us to, mm-hmm. you know, sexual sin? So we have to think through all those things. Uh, the point is that we want our women to feel safe and protected and valued within the mm-hmm. local church. That's good. That's yeah. good. All right, what's our uh, diversity resource for this week, brother? Diversity resource for this week is um, actually... A, a website, the Caring Caring Well website. It's from the ERLC. Uh, what, what's, what does that stand for? I can't. I know the first one's Ethics, e- ethics and, and Religious Liberty. Liberty. Commission. Sure. Council. 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 Okay. Community. ERLC of the SBC. They, yes. they are really trying to help churches um, uh, care well for women, right? That's right. Uh, especially those who have been abused and, mm. and how to. Um, set up your church in a way to where they are able to deal with um, sexual abuse yeah. well. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a local pastor and you're listening, I mean, that's a good, you know, just head to the website, kind of give that a look and say, Hey, are we, are we prepared to deal with this? How do you know, what's the best way that we can do this? We want to do this well. So, yeah. Also, um, uh, article by David French, cruelty is apost- apostasy, um, mm. not being a jerk. Yeah. Um, to, to women or anybody. Yeah. Um, it just helps us out with that. I think he was responding to the Beth Moore yeah, situation. Right. So, yeah, pretty pretty interesting article. So we'll there. put links uh, in the podcast notes for those, and we encourage you to check those out. All right. All right. Well, March is not only Women's History Month. March is also the March time Madness. for March Madness. We are in the 
the throws of it right now. I am sorry, your bracket is busted. <laughs> As a Tennessee fan, it's been a tough year. We lost yeah. in the first round. So, so here we go, Kenny. Let's ask this question, considering it's March Madness, and we and our plan is to come around and ask a, a similar question next week, dealing with uh, the women's tournament, which will be fun. Um, but our question for today, our crazy question for today, what is the most madness moment? In the NCAA tournament, I know that I said that wrong, and but that's pass, the only just way. get a pass. We get man. a pass, right? The yeah. most madnesses of <laughs> madnessingest of <laughs> moments in the in, in your watching of the NCAA tournament. All right, man. So I'm a Michigan fan. Uh, mm. Back in or early I still 90s, love you. Was I still early love, 90s. Yeah, right? it was sometime back then. Five, yeah. five, five. Freshman had the, the long shorts, five. man. They were. Awesome, man. They were cool. Awesome. They were but cool. But they're in the championship game. Championship. And, uh, was it North Carolina? I think they were playing. North Carolina, yeah. right. So they don't have any timeouts. No timeouts <laughs> left, which is something you want to emphasize. Right. No timeouts left. And so Chris Weber decides that he wants to call a timeout. He needs a timeout. Or right. were they probably down maybe one? Down maybe one or two. He I got mean, the it ball, was got a rebound. Position. Yeah, got the rebound. Comes he, down. He actually traveled. And he did do that. <laughs> he traveled. He did do he that. He was totally confused. He like, was, you knew yeah. something bad was going to happen it when was, he got the ball. It just didn't go well. Like, I don't know what was going called on. Called a timeout. Got a technical, right? Yes. Because he called a timeout that didn't exist. For real. Yeah. And that was it. That was a game crazy over. Moment. So yeah. yeah, that was that was very maddening to me. Yeah, about madness scene. Mad <laughs> madness thing. Uh yeah, okay. So for me, I think um I was I remember when uh Steph Curry was playing for Davidson. Yes. I have no idea the years. That would have been two thousand nine ish, ten ish. Maybe. Um, I don't know when he came into the league, but anyway, uh, he played for Davidson, you know, they're small school. They were, I mean, they're probably, you know, like a 10 seed or a 13 yeah. seed or something like that. And they started winning games. And, and I remember, you know, everybody was just so interested in this and I was, I don't know what we were doing, but I was in like a mall or something shopping. And, and while I'm there, like Davidson is playing. And I mean, everybody is like everybody in the mall stopped what they were doing, <laughs> crowded around these television screens in the middle yeah. of the mall to watch Steph Curry work. I mean, it was Man. it was and, and he's just dropping in threes, right. hitting step back stuff. People are going crazy and yelling. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, it's good stuff. Good stuff. So that was a fun one. That right. was a fun one. Um, Well, good stuff. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, listening to us this week. And uh, we'll be back for more next week. And hope you have a, hope you guys have a great one. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.